very comprehensive from water processing in the water plant to the sewage plant. So that encompasses hospitals, mortuaries, homes, businesses, great experience. Um, that I used to work for the military and military intelligence guys and uh, got a got some sense of what was coming, so I left Panama before the invasion and all the military coups and all that stuff. Ended up here. Uh, made a tour around the United States. Visited Virginia, Washington, uh, the South. I used to come here for vacation. Went over to the West Coast. Decided to settle in Atlanta. Atlanta had 55% of the federal budget for transportation that year. Of the entire U.S. budget. I figured that would be a good place to start. <laughs> Um, as far as, uh, and please at any point, if you have any questions, just feel free to intercede. You know, why don't I, um, I've got a few questions I sure. want to ask you. Why don't we, um, specifically that a lot of these guys have come up with, maybe we um, jump into those or not, though. Sure. And as we're asking those questions, um, we can get some more color on your back. Outstanding. Were these from you or from them? The, the, those are from Mindy, and I've okay. got a lot of those, but I also have a few ringers for you. Okay. Uh, we're going to try to throw you off balance a little bit, and I'm going to take you guys through three or four different categories. The first one's going to be is we'd like to get inside the business owner's mind, specifically your mind. Um, we want to understand a little bit more about your area of expertise in plumbing. Um, I think we can get a little bit into that master plumbing concept that you spoke a little bit about. And then lastly, um, how a salesperson would approach selling into uh, someone like you. And then I'm going to open it up and whoever has any questions, so start writing down your questions because we've got Ernesto for about an hour. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, very good. So, you know, I think I want to start off with just getting inside the business owner's mind. And, you know, the, the first question, you know, that we came up with is, you know, on a daily basis, what takes most of your time outside your actual trait of plumbing? Probably phone conversations. Um, we're in plumbing service. Unfortunately, whenever a customer calls, they think that their job is the most important job. <laughs> if their house is flooded, if their drains are backing up, rightfully so, they have our undivided attention. Um, I've been through different phases of plumbing, and each one is very, very different. Construction, you're on a job maybe six months to a year. Service is every day. You never know what the next job is going to bring, mm -hmm. and no two are the same. Um, probably because I spend so much time on the phone, we have probably six lines in the office. We have, um, there are certain things, um, well, I've been you doing SEO for many years. I've shared some things with your boss and with Mindy that uh, I'm going to keep to myself. Just because I've paid a lot of SEO people a lot of money and um, the business is about who gets that wave first and who is ready to ride that wave. And unfortunately, everything that, I, that anybody does is just um, for a very short period before your competitors adjust and adapt to it. 
and then you're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, um, I first subordinated everything to the SEO people, and I would just pay them money. Get the job done. I'm a plumber. I'm going to trust you guys. That didn't work. So eventually, I had to do what you do in life. Mm -hmm. I had to get a little bit of education myself. I had to find out a little bit more about it, how it worked, and then made my own choices and then decided how I wanted people to do things. And then came the experimental phase because Google kept, keeps changing. Bing and Yahoo, everybody keeps changing. So what works today, I would do one thing and step away from it, mm -hmm. and it would drastically change. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've learned, and I tell all the other business owners who come to me and ask me for advice, is that they need to have a direct relationship with their SEO people, or they need to stay on top of it, or need to spend time with it. Because it's not something you can just... Some companies do. Some companies just make one arrangement and leave it alone and don't come back to it. I think uh, it just depends on the size of your company and how much money and what your budget is. And if, But somebody has to be minding the store. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So phone conversations take a lot of your day. And it sounds like recently you've taken over a lot of the SEO optimization, working with several firms, so that's taking a lot of your time also. Would that be correct? Like how much time do you think you spend on a, let's call it weekly basis, managing your SEO budget and team? Um, I have three firms doing SEO for me. I've had up to 10 firms doing SEO for me. And when I hit 10, I found out that that was the worst thing you could do. <laughs> um, I have three, for the reason I expressed to you, we have four different entities, four different locations, four different <coughs> specialties. Mm -hmm. And maybe it, it just depends on how we have seven full-time employees and we have about five part-time employees mm -hmm. and we have subcontractors that we use or sister companies that we work with but because of uh, because of the nature of our business um, this is what I think works best for us it's less stressful and most productive we pride ourselves in being in responding to our customers within 24 hours we try to get there the same day mm -hmm. but we definitely get to all our customers within 24 hours. We are proud to have 100% customer satisfaction. We are A-plus rated by the BBB. We have a five-star with Secretary of State. We have no complaints, and we have been busy for 25 years. So mm -hmm. that's our main so thing that we do. With respect to the customer satisfaction, the high approval ratings, as a small business, what do you do to collect that information from your customers, number one, and then what do you do to make sure that you're presenting that information in a meaningful way to people who are looking to use your service? There are different kind of customers I've found. There are people who just pick up the phone and call someone where it pops up. There are people who spend countless hours researching mm -hmm. and they pride themselves and tell me everything they've done to arrive at us. and. We're really looking for the long-term customer professional who just wants a good job done. And that's why we give the longest warranties in the trade. We have 10-year warranties on our work. We try to distinguish ourselves and separate ourselves from the pack. And we have found that we have to stand out. We have to be the fastest, the best, and guarantee the best prices. So uh, 
short of that, you can ask me a specific question. I'm not mm -hmm. going to give you too much detail. Yeah, okay. But ask me specific questions and I'll gladly yeah, Very answer. good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, you know when, when you talk about um, your day-to-day -day mm -hmm. and how much time it takes not only to manage the business as a CEO, but to manage people, work on lead generation, <clears throat> um, you know, what's maybe one or two things that a partner can do for you to remove some of the day-to-day the -day tasks for you? And what are some, when you think about, hey, if I could remove one or two things from my day, it would make me this much more productive. What are, what are some of those things? I have three SEO firms, as I mentioned earlier. Sneta uh, came to me second. Uh, I, have, I got another firm after Sneta, mm -hmm. which is a firm I wanted from the beginning, but they're so big, they wouldn't take me, mm -hmm. which is Atlanta SEO. Mm -hmm. um, I re they recently relaunched our website, Water Savers LLC, wsplumbing.com. And uh, what I like about Sneta, I like the fact that Sneta personnel is accurate, prompt, quick, uh, concise, and do excellent work. I absolutely love Sneta's performance. Very inexpensive. Um, best value. I've referred you to a few of our associates. Unfortunately, um, I think the fact that there are some things that they're looking for that Sneda just quite didn't meet at the time, but um, maybe later on they'll gladly revisit it once they're more comfortable because my these people I refer you to are not as um, don't have the experience I have with SEO. Mm -hmm. So they, mm -hmm. want, they want to make sure that whoever they take on can do everything they need to be done. Mm -hmm. um, the other, I talk to I talk to Sneta only when Sneta calls me because y'all work great. The other firms that I'm paying, they drop the ball. They don't send the reports in time. Nothing is scheduled. The phone stopped ringing. <coughs> uh, we track our pay-per-click campaigns and. Uh, it's either feast or famine. Mm -hmm. The phones would absolutely stop ringing completely for days uh, on the pay-per-click. But the pay-per-clicks keep clicking. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, and the reason I contact the SEO companies, I don't know if you all are aware of this, but we get a lot of calls on the pay-per-click that are, I don't know what the pro proper term is, but they're numbers from out of state and when we pick up the phone, the line is dead. And when we call those numbers back, it said it's not a good number. So it's just a cost of doing this. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's one of the inherent problems with um, SEO and cost per click is, you know, there are a couple things. First of all, the SEO, it's very difficult for, you know, I mean, your business is a little bit larger than most of the businesses that we talk to. And so for a business your size, you might be able to afford a cost per click within your certain vertical of 8 to $10. And assuming that every 10 clicks generates a lead, right, you've paid $100 for a particular new customer. But you're a larger, more sophisticated business than a lot of other plumbing shops out there who can't afford to spend that $100 for that new customer. So... If you're speaking to 
you know, I know you do a lot of advising in your industry. If you're speaking to a one-man plumber shop, what are you telling them about how to build their brand online? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all the truth. You're in Atlanta, Georgia. Plumbers are the bottom of the drag in Atlanta, Georgia. They have the least schooling and are the most obstinate people to deal with. I'm a member of the Georgia Plumbing Institute, and uh, I think that it would be very worth your while to get in touch with the organizations that organize, and they have annual certification and testing. I think that you should make yourself or one of your representatives uh, go to their training courses on every of their courses and get in front of those people because they are totally... Those are, those are your They have target. no websites, have, no online these, these are the people who really, really need you. Need it. And can afford it. And can afford it. Right, right. And are, and are clueless. And, and there, there's probably a Georgia Plumbing Institute there's in every a, single state in the United States. Correct. Yeah. That is correct. And the same thing, the same thing with electricians and heating and air and every other trade. But the plumbers are just terrible. <laughs> plumbers here, the way it works here in Georgia, I've been to Virginia and most other states, you have to have uh, multiple licenses, you have to do this. Georgia, to be a builder, all you have to do is go downtown and pay a fee. Uh, you don't need any engineering degrees, you don't need anything. Plumbers here, the way it works, if your uncle was a plumber or your brother or your, or your dad was a plumber, all of a sudden you were a plumber. <laughs> it's just... Uh, this is this is a I had to work with the state to make sure that inspectors were certified. I came here as an inspector, and I refused to work for them because. So you have to know your audience. This is not Chicago. This is not California. You're in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So Georgia, South Carolina, some of these states, um, and uh, you know, uh, some donuts and a cup of coffee, and you spend. 10 minutes and you walk in and introduce yourself and hand your cards and maybe if there's a 50 in the class if you get two leads out of it okay. you're ahead of the game that's right that's great great advice thank you um, you know with respect to you know the plumbing industry and how you're educating yourself on changes in the industry updates in the industry um, how much time do you commit, and can you give us some examples of specific publications that you look at and read? Um, we're members of two or three chambers, uh, the Georgia Plumbing and Heating and Cooling Contract, the Georgia Plumbing Institute. Um, we have a few trade magazines that come in. We attend maybe uh, one trade show a year. Um, here in Georgia? No, no, no. We go to Vegas or somewhere else. Um, I was I've got these guys excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were one of the I was one of the first green plumbers in Georgia, and that's why I formed the Water Savers. Um, I basically worked with the inspection departments to bring the codes for water conservation because there were none. Um, so. I went to Arizona, I went to Vegas, and I went to uh, subscribe to people in Australia to learn from them. Mm -hmm. and I, I basically just adopted their, their norms, and then they formed that green plumbers and became a member of that as well. So um, normally the way you learn in Georgia is that uh, the manufacturers will hold uh, a conference. This is the South. You'll go to the... Uh, 
not what do they call it here in south on I-75 where they have the uh, Georgia track and that's normally where they'll go out there the manufacturer will hold these things they, they feed these guys they'll have barbecue and drinks and beers and they let them run around the track and dress up in the suits and you have probably thousands of contractors out there mm -hmm. and you'll find all the manufacturers that sell pipe wrenches and sell equipment mm -hmm. and all the electronic that's where you'll find them that's really you're not going to find them in a high-rise downtown you're going to have to step <laughs> out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to put boots on and you're going to have to uh, deal with things that are different from I think your normal day to meet uh, work people here in, in the south mm -hmm. uh, most of the mechanical firms are very uh, very complex and I don't think you're going to be able to break through because everything here is uh, kickback everything works off commission. That sounds like Chicago yeah. yeah so but when you deal with the small individuals you'll get a lot quicker response and they can make those decisions whereas most firms that authority is not <laughs> given to them mm -hmm. they don't have that decision-making ability got it great you know now jumping into you know your specific area of expertise we sent you some some of these questions are going to be now some that you looked at uh, that Mindy put together um, you know I think you know, the first question is when someone calls you and is selling you that's anything you know is it how important is it to you that they understand um, your business they have 15 seconds to call me by name or what I do okay I listen to them intently for about 15 seconds and I'm very polite and everything else if they don't know my name and they don't know what I'm doing I'm wasting my time mm -hmm. and and uh, after those 15 seconds they probably have about 15 more seconds to continue to get my attention and I'm definitely hanging up or I'm buying up I'm, I'm either intently listening or I'm, I'm, I'm just polite I'm not interested Bye. Um, with the number of phones that we have you got to understand that it's just ringing all day long. Mm -hmm. So to your point, I am just burnt out. It's quick. Yes, it, it has to be quick because I'm probably, with that number of lines, I probably have somebody on hold when I'm getting that call. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you spoke about they've got 15 seconds, <coughs> they need to know your name, they need to know a little bit about your business, and mm -hmm. the other 15 seconds is probably explaining or telling you something that's going to help you move your business forward. Right. Is that? Right. It's got to be, yes. I'm not going to listen to what, Unless it's something that I have to be, whether it, and it's not not only SEO, whether it's insurance or whatever it is, it has to be something that I'm in the market for, I'm curious about. Right. If I have a good accountant and I like my accountant, I'm not going to change accountants. I have three accountants. One, a lady in the office who does her books every day. I have an accountant that comes in monthly or quarterly, and I have an accountant that checks that accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Once you, most business people, they're not going to tell you this, but they've already been embezzled. And once you've been embezzled, you've been learned that lesson real quick. No matter what you do, it's always easy to take your money away. So, if somebody doesn't do, if I, the first time I had an accountant, and she wasn't doing her job, and that's why the embezzlement occurred. So, I, you can't rely on anybody else to, to do your work. Either you do it, or you have to have somebody doing that job. Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you. Um, you know, when you look at, I'm going to jump around into a little bit of more broad-based questions about advertising um, for plumbers. You know, outside of search engine optimization um, and, you know, and, and 
making sure that your, your, your organization is showing up high on the organic Google ratings. What are some other things that you do both online and offline um, to drive consumers to your business? Before I answer that question, let me tie in a previous question to this one. Absolutely, please. I think that the most important thing for a small business person is the organic SEO. Mm -hmm. And one thing that most no one understands is they're pulled in so many directions. I think where you could be very helpful, even to me, is I wish I could have someone who could do my online videos. I've had to do those myself. Someone that could do my um, my reviews because I delegate that to the people in my office and no one ever does it. The employees don't do it. No one, everyone gets bored real quick. No mm -hmm. one is going to take the attention that you're going to take to these either. Right, right. So I wish I had someone that could do, get all these things in place and do that social media campaign or whatever it took to create the visibility or the buzz because I found that Google's, the search engines are pretty funny. The more backlinks, the more connections you have, mm -hmm. and even when our reviews, I noticed that when our reviews are, we're going strong, the campaigns, everything else seems to feed off of that for right. some reason. I don't know why. And the pay-per-click is the same way. Mm -hmm. I don't think, if, if you didn't have pay-per-click, I think Google tends to not show so much interest in you. Right. No, there's so, no doubt about that. There's a correlation between how much you spend with Google and how high you show up on the organic search. Yeah. So, and, and as far as what, what I do to, uh, to generate that is, is kind of a mixed bag because it's still experimentation and I really never know how much something really works. So I tend to just do a little bit of everything, like I said, like the reviews, and I haven't had, um, a re that's something that I'm focusing on now, mm -hmm. because I have to take that on. I, also, Google has made it so difficult for customers to post reviews. If you were with one of the services that pays for it, then it would be relatively easy. Mm -hmm. But I've shied, I, I used to pay for these uh, companies that advertise on TV that do this kind of work and I've stopped doing it because they do absolutely nothing after they take your money, I've found. So um, when you're talking about reviews, how do you collect those reviews? Do you actually pick up the phone and call customers that you service and ask them over the phone to give you reviews or do you collect it online? Um, the new website that we're bringing up is going to have the ability of doing it online. Okay. Because it is so difficult. Uh, when Google went to uh, having making customers have a Gmail account, um, they, they, it's so intricate that people who are not computer savvy and don't have a Gmail account, they just never go through with it. And mm -hmm. they tell me that, I've really tried, but I just don't, and then you feel sorry for them and you just let it go. Mm -hmm. But uh, before Google went to that Gmail and the uh, Chrome and all this stuff, it used to be relatively easy to post a review. Right. Now it's not, unless you have a Gmail account, unless you're computer knowledgeable. Right. So um, I will, that's what I'm going to do right now, is I'm going to, instead of, I, I tried giving customers and emailing the links and all that, none of that worked. Handed, so Hand, after you're done with a job, you give them a card, card that says, go here and post. That's correct. 
and then they and they and gave them a twenty five dollar coupon cert. for the next yes, one. Yes, or gift certificate. Work. Still didn't work. Right. So then, and and they would really. You say it didn't work. Did you? Could you? Give us. I mean, were there? Did you send it out to ten people and you didn't get any? Did you sell it out to fifty people? Fifty people. And how many? And you didn't get maybe we one got, or two. We got two reviews. And yeah. and 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 what? Are, it's part. It's part of it is also um, our fault because we had so many SEO companies. <laughs> um, they would go in and do a search for us, and there would be all kinds of listings which were not our the listings we wanted them to go to. Mm -hmm. So I found out the hard way that even though it's the same company and we have the same address, each time one SEO person uses and sets it up, that creates a separate listing for them, mm -hmm. just like a site. Mm -hmm. So once I discontinued that company, it's no longer linked to us. It doesn't serve us any yeah. purpose. So it wouldn't show up. Okay. So again, I created part of this monstrosity. And that's why in my experimentation, and that's why I resorted to the four different services, four different locations, and four different specialties. Okay, great. You know, I've, I've, we've got a, um, a lot of questions about how to approach selling into you, but I thought now would be a good time to open it up for questions to make sure that, you know, you guys, if you guys have anything that you want to ask Ernesto, we can use a few preliminary questions to... Um, get a little bit deeper into how we as an organization can get better at um, speaking to professionals like yourself. Just to give you a little bit of a background. What we're starting to do now, Ernesto, is we're starting to verticalize our sales force. So in the morning when we're calling customers, we're focusing on a particular city and a particular vertical. So I could be calling plumbers in Atlanta every morning, but I'm only calling plumbers in Atlanta. The purpose of that is so that we can get a better understanding of the challenges that you have as a small business. We can get a better understanding of language that you use as a plumber so that we can get better at selling into that particular vertical. Um, and so that's what we've, we've shifted to that particular structure in um, February in the morning. Uh, to make us vertical experts, and then what you'll see is the second part of that, um, really in April, is us building now products and services that are specific to plumbers in Atlanta. So, you know, we, we've always believed that instead of going wide and selling into 10 or 15 different small business categories, mm -hmm. let's just choose one and let's be the, the greatest at that one, and after we feel like we've accomplished that, then we can move to another one. Just to give you a quick background on what we're doing with respect to the verticalization um, of the business and why it's so important for us to speak to people like you and understand your business at a at a whole nother level so that when we do engage plumbers in Atlanta or plumbers in Cincinnati, um, we can hold ourselves out as real experts in that industry. How, let me ask you a question. How do you know if the company you're talking to does... A hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand, a million, mm -hmm. or ten million. Right. Yeah. How do you know? Well, that? I, I think that's part of our sourcing process. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, if you look at the data, what we're finding is at least seventy to eighty percent of the small businesses we're talking to don't even have a website. Mm -hmm. So if they don't have a website, there's mm -hmm. probably a strong chance that they're not doing over a hundred thousand in revenue. Um, you know, because they probably understand the need to have a web presence but they can't necessarily afford it because they look at companies like web.com or 
AT&T and these companies that are charging $200 a month or they make them sign up for five-year deals. So back to your original question as part of the sourcing process. Um, and there aren't a lot of sources out there that list the size of the company, um, you know, but some do. I mean, you guys might be able to answer that question. Um, but we definitely do focus on companies with under <coughs> under 10 employees. Great. Um, I realize every every person has different modes of Randy, but I I totally am not interested in doing business with any company that tells me I have to sign a contract. If you have to lock me in, that makes me why why should I why should I lock into you? I mean. You better be. I, I, I don't care if you're the yellow pages. I don't care who you are. Um, we used to do all the work and not charge our customers till the work was done. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you, you know, we do some sometimes large dollar volume, a lot of major investments, so we just can't afford to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's how we operate. You know, um, we like to deal with people <coughs> that we can trust, and we we basically put our put our necks on the line when we do work. And uh, that's why we don't do too big jobs because we can't afford to, to right. lose that much. Right. And, and, and you know, from the beginning, that we've never um, required long term agreements with our customers, as you know, for that same reason, which is, you know, I, I personally believe that, you know, it's just going to make us stronger as an organization because we're going to have to earn our customers' business every single month. Now, it does cause problems because you also have people that are going to take advantage of the system. Right, just like with you, you're gonna have people that are gonna come into your business, um, use your services, and then give you a credit card that doesn't work. Um, and then you spend a lot of time chasing those guys down. But you know, philosophically, I'm not sure that should change the way you do things for two or three bad apples. Now, if there's a larger percentage of customers that you're having that problem with, maybe you do need to change your business processes. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, what we began doing, I gave uh, maybe. Uh, Last week, everyone now has a square, and uh, we swipe the card before we start installing. We uh, we're not attorneys, and we don't want to sue anybody. We don't want to we don't want to waste our time doing that. So you're exactly right. We just rather walk away than go through all that process. So now what we do is before we install anything in your house, we'll swipe that. You card. You guys use square. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll swipe that card and tell them okay, half of it down, and then the rest upon completion. Because, uh, to your point, a lot of people know everything about us, and they take advantage of it. They see our customer satisfaction, and they will even threaten us. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll post a bad review. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So it got ridiculous. I'm sure that, and, and you know, we've, we've looked at the data on that. If someone does post a bad review on your business and Yelp, that hurts your business. Even one bad review. And they know that. Yeah, and they know that. Interesting. Okay, are there any, uh, you guys want to jump into any questions? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, if, I mean, knowing what we do as an organization, if plumbing is my vertical, if I have your name and I know what you do and I'm calling into plumbers in the morning, what are some key things I should say, things I should ask to gain your trust to let you know I'm really here for you and not just another salesperson? Hmm. Everybody hear that? Yeah. Okay. My day starts at six in the morning, and sometimes it ends 
Last night it ended at about 7. We never know when we're going to end because uh, we tend to not to stop until the customer's job is done. Or it becomes a stopping point, but we, you know, we don't leave ditches open. There's certain things we just don't do. Uh, to answer your question directly is if, I'm, if we're in the middle of something and you call me, I'm not going to be able to take your call. So that's something that you asked earlier. I think the best times to call is real early in the morning. The earlier the better. And then probably around lunchtime, before or after lunch. Because um, you gotta realize all these, all these, all these, let's give you one, any, any, any other, any person I know. Most of the companies I know, uh, the small companies, the owners are answering the phone themselves and they're in the road in a truck, probably working, or with a supplier. The, uh, the ones who have offices, that person in the office is probably going to take a message, talk to you real politely, and may not even pass the message on. So your best chances are to talk to the person making the decision. That's the only person. And to answer your question directly, um, I just, it's just the inflection of your tone. If I, if I sense that that person is reading uh, prepared text, I'm out. <laughs> Genuine interest. Genuine interest. <clears throat> what can I do? If you if you start selling me uh, apples or oranges, I'm not, and I don't want apples or oranges. I'm not interested. But if you if the person asks me, what can I do to enhance your business? What can I do to make your day more productive? What can what can Sneda do to help you, um, you know, satisfy your customer more, grow, expand your customer base? Anything that would t relieve me of a responsibility. That I'm interested in, a mm -hmm. service, a specific service, mm -hmm. and to know that you're genuine about it. In other words, I'm looking for partners. I'm willing to pay if the person will give me a service. You're gonna to, to, piggy, to piggyback off of what you were saying just then, you yourself are con, you know, educating yourself on the technology, the services, um, even down to having a square with every person that, that works for you. But a lot of times the people that we call... Uh, they're not really willing to understand the, and educate themselves on the service that they do need and to get up with the times, you know what I mean? So you've got the, the, the plumber that's been doing it for 25 years that's done it the same exact way, has no intent on changing, doesn't like the Internet. How do you get someone to realize that, hey, this is where you kind of need to be, this is... 2013. This is a service that you you, you need. Uh, clearly, your business is thriving from it. Why? How do we get someone else to realize that their business can thrive from it? I have. Uh, I tell all my plumbers that they're salesmen, and I tell them that the customer has to like them. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I talk to the customer, I automatically know which plumber I'm going to send because I know that there are some guys I have that just would conflict with the customer's approach or their personality. And to answer your question directly, um, I have a person in mind. I trained this person. He is a successful plumber. He has about 20 cars, Porsches and Benz and all kinds of stuff. And he lives his life a certain way and he is exactly that person that you described. He, will, he has three Benzes, two Porsches. He spends money on stereos and everything you can think of. But you try again to spend money. Um, he signed on with a, a few of these firms that do a little bit, but he's very reluctant to do that. 
You can take a horse to water, you can't make him drink. Right. Don't waste your time with that person. Mm. Call the person, make as many contacts as you can, and you find the person who's interested and develop that lead. Because you're gonna if that tone that you just spoke with, that's if I detect that tone, I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if you try to tell me that you know something more, like that young lady, the way it's all in the infliction of the voice. Yeah. If you know, if you take a if you take your voice down a few decibels, and you just talk very softly and you say, "What can I do?" Instead of "I know how to do this." No, thing. I would never do that. Obviously, <laughs> I, I understand. Just speak blunt with you. I'm, I'm, I'm making. I'm sorry for using you as a. <laughs> no, no. That's fine. It's just exactly <laughs> that. It's the decibel of your voice. Right. You know, if you talk assertive and stuff like that, you're dealing with a bunch of guys, mostly men, who are who are stubborn, just like you just indicated. And but the one thing they all have in common, to answer your question, they all love to make money. And that's where you can get to them. And if you can convince them that you can increase their sales or make or make your life easier so that they can have more time to do. A lot of guys who are working in the field are doing it not because they love their craft, but because they love to make money. So if you can make them money or help them save them time, then they can use that time to play with the toys that they're buying <laughs> while they're working. Okay. Great. Thank you. And, and they really relate to that. You know, it's amazing. Sorry. To, expand a little bit further this same person he loves people that same plumber I'm thinking about and that's how the salesmen get it if they talk about motorcycles or they talk about something he, they, he, he, he loves cars so find out something that they do enjoy make a connection and then make your sale mm -hmm. go ahead Bryson so based just you know as a small business as a small business owner when you're starting up you know you always have those pressures of you know the anxieties or whatever the case that you're going through when you're trying to pitch yourself. It's not in a situation where people are calling you for, you know what I'm saying? You're actually solicitating yourself as a business, as a plumber. What is, even with your credibility, let's just say that you started off with that, what are some of the things that you would do to solicitate yourself to someone that possibly needs a plumber? My family never owned any business in their life. My father, my mother, my father worked for the U.S. Army, my mother worked for the U.S. Navy, they worked for the big institutions. My aunts worked for IBM, they all worked for huge corporations, Xerox or whatever. They, they worked and retired from the same firm they were in. I worked for the Army, then I came here and worked for the, I worked for the largest plumbing companies. When I went out on my own and that phone, my customers were who told me that I should open my own company. Because they all insisted, you need to work for yourself. You're wasting your time working for somebody else. When I did take that move, it was, when that phone stopped ringing, that was the scariest feeling in my life. And I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, everybody has to find that own, their own answer for that. <laughs> but um, all I can tell you is you have to, you have to basically, um, you have to be serious. It, uh, there are a lot of people who have a lot of good ideas in all forms walks of business. But do they stick with it? Do they really believe in it? Are they really willing to sacrifice? Are they willing to cut back and peer down? I, I can't tell you how many businesses I've started up with people doing their plumbing for them. And while I'm working, I know they're going to go out of business. Because they take all their money, they spend it, and they buy more than they need. You know, they start small and work hard. 
and stick at one thing. They work at something a little bit, they quit, they go and work at something else, they quit, they go and work at something else. Find something you love, work at it real hard, and something that you enjoy, and you'll be successful. You were saying that you had uh, three other, basically three other SEOs and things like that. So, based upon the fact that you just described that you are A plus by the BBB, how much credit would you credit Snader for that success? Well, I can answer that. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> I was, I was, I was already, I was already, I've been A plus for maybe two or three years. Uh, one day, I, I, I've always tracked customer satisfaction. I used to work for Sears, and Sears, I used to be their master plumber. Their policy was 100% customer satisfaction. When people tried to rob me or do things, I would deliberately, I was so stubborn, I was like, I'm not going to let this person do this to me. And then one day I said, well, if I'm having 96 and 98% customer satisfaction, you know, it just doesn't sound right. Why not say 100? So I made it a point a few years ago to say, you know what? I'm going to please everybody regardless. I mean, then I'll just step away and I'll be able to say I have a 100% customer. Just like I'm doing with the 10-year warranties. People are giving one year. When people were giving 30-day warranties, we used to give one year. When people went to one year, we went to three. And then I went to five. And now that people are going to five, I went to ten. I'm always going to put pressure on the industry to match me. Just worry, where, are you, where are your customers finding you before you went online? That is a fantastic question. <laughs> when I was with Sears, the customers were, again, were the ones told me to, I needed to work for myself, so those were my customer base. Those customers would tell their neighbors. Word of mouth was fantastic. I had more work that I could do, and I didn't want to grow. As a matter of fact, I raised a family, traveled all over the world, and I was happy. I would take a month off, two weeks off, leave, come back, and I was happy as could be. I've worked large commercial projects. I did the expansion of the airport. I did high rises on Peachtree. I've done underground Atlanta. So I was personally satisfied. It got to the point where I was bored. And then one good day I said, you know what? Why not build this company into something that is different from the other companies? And that's why I did this. But to your point, then came the trick. Uh, I started a website in Plumbing and Mechanical in I think it was around, before the Olympics, around 1990. And without knowing it, the TV station started calling me. And I became their expert for freeze pipes and stuff, and I was doing it for free. And then the city of Atlanta would call me, and I was just doing it as a public. I would go to the schools and talk to the kids. People would just call me Board of Education. And that alone, the people I met, who do you, the Board of the Boys and Girls Clubs, all engineers, all architects, all people who are giving back to the community, guess what? They would call me for their work, and then they have rental apartments, and they have condos, they have investment properties, and that was just multiplying. And, and uh, unfortunately, again, my ignorance, I stopped that phone number and everything else, and I cut off all those backlinks and stuff. And even though I went back to the phone company and bought it back, it was too late. You made a good point in saying that, you know, Word of mouth was doing fantastically for you. So much so that eventually you said, you know what, you kind of want to expand and build on the business itself. A lot of times I'm sure we've all heard people say that, you know, well, I do really well word of mouth. I don't have a website. I don't need a website. 
So when you have those people that don't have that that foresight, I say like that, to, to want to expand and they don't find it necessary, what would you what advice would you give as to a and I won't say trying to you know change their opinion, but at least give them something else, some additional things to think about in that regard. Um, I think what would work for you is to give references. One of the things that I did when I started out is that I had a reference list, and we had like maybe a thousand customers, and uh, these were uh, these were people who were on in the city of Atlanta or wherever, and these were the heads of departments. So the chances are people would scroll through my customer directory, and they would go, oh, you know so-and-so? Because these were all people who worked for Georgia Power, and this, and these were the people who were running most companies and stuff like that. So that really, really worked for me. Uh, nine times out of ten, I think people never called to check my references. Once they saw who was on our customer list, and and that that really really helped me mm -hmm. a lot. So I think that would work for SNED as well. If you got customers who were reputable, that would rub off onto you. Even though you've been only here for less than a year, if you had people who've been here for 25 years or 10 years or 15 years, or people who are known, and and that might benefit mm -hmm. you to get customers that. You may be doing something that's very minute, but now mm -hmm. you have them as a customer on your list. That's right. Just like... When you look at, um, let's say, the month of January, and you're looking at just only new customers that you brought in to Water Savers, you know, what percentage of those would you say were brought on from online resources versus offline? Um, do you want percentage of customers they want dollar volume because I guess percentage of customers percentage start with um, I would say that new customers every month first time customers we probably get about 25% from online from online and then how do you get the other 75% repeat customers repeat customers um, we have one thing that's to our detriment is that when we fix something, we try to fix it so it never goes back again. Right. <laughs> right, right. That hurts reoccurring revenue. Yes, but on the other hand, where it really does help us is because um, one out of every, I don't know, eight or nine, ten customers will be so excited, they'll refer us, so one thing mm -hmm. works out for the other. Mm -hmm. Compensates for the other. As a plumber and not a client from uh, SNEDA, would you say that online marketing and solution that we provided for you as a plumber, is that the best thing since word of mouth? I don't think anything is as good as word of mouth. I would put this as a second. Anything that brings you a lead, I think what happens is that if you don't have a presence, people won't know about you, so I don't care what you're doing. It's, it, you need to have a, a means of visibility. And if people are inquiring and you pop up, and then it's obviously once that lead is made, it's up to us to make the sale. How we answer the customer, how we attend to them, how prompt we are, all these things are going to be a factor. Obviously, you know, if the, give you one case in point. We were one of the first companies to have a 24-hour answering service when we started. 
And uh, that's one thing that we ended many years ago about. Because we want every call to be answered live. We don't want you to ever be on hold. We don't ever want to go to voicemail. We try to answer every call live 24 hours a day. Very good. Um, earlier you said that I think um, when it comes to all of us, um, that first 15 seconds, like you said, some people you only got five. Mm-hmm. But um, I think within the first 15 seconds, you said, you know, one of the things that you like personally is that you like for us to know your name and a little bit about your business. How, as, as an organization, how can we structure that to the point where, you know, you want to show that you care about asking questions, but you also want to let that person know, I know a little bit about your industry and possibly how we could possibly help you. Number one, don't brag. Don't tell me what you did. I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me how hard you worked for it. Um, Impress me with results. Number two, listen. If I say something, listen to what I'm saying. If I'm asking, in other words, again, that's the apples and oranges. If I'm asking you, if you sell oranges and I'm asking you for apples, I mean, be honest, hey, you know what, like like I think Mindy did, I, I love that, you know. I'm, I'm not every customer is like this, but I really appreciate when people are honest and upfront with me. And if I don't offer a service, or if it's, if I, people call me, uh, I've got two calls this morning with customers requesting repeat, one is a repeat customer, one is a new customer requesting instant water heaters. I seldom install uh, instant water heaters. They're very, very profitable. You can make, I can make anywhere between $1,500 to $5,000 on instant water heater. And I can put in a regular water heater for $1,000. And I tell them, you don't want to buy an instant water heater. I'll gladly put it in if you want it. But you'll never get your money back. And it's going to be a nice conversations piece. But it also, for it to perform the way it's supposed to, I'm going to have to improve the venting and the gas. And that's going to be expensive. As soon as I tell them that... So, but okay, let's go back to the regular water heater. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and some people come to me determined that they want an instant water heater. If you want it, I'll put it in for you. I'll put in four if you want me to put it in for you. Right, that's such an important point because a lot of times we hear from our customers that I want to be on the first page of Google, and the truth of the matter is, if you're a one-person plumbing shop in Atlanta or in Memphis, the chances of you being on the first page of Google are pretty much zero unless you're willing to spend unless you want to redo the whole house and right. spend a lot of money and, and so I think that that's a really key point when you guys are talking to your customers which is that honesty that directness about what we can do and what we do very well and what we won't do um, if anyone tells me that they're gonna put me as soon as they, that's one of the first lines they use I'm ready to hang up as soon as they say that. I say, have a nice day. I'm not interested at all. I'm not interested at all. Okay? Um, first question is, what keywords? Because there are services that will call you and say, okay, I'll, I'll put, okay, what keywords? Plumber? No. Um, plumber from this, and five, six words. Nobody types that. You know? Yeah, I can do that too. Nobody's going to type that keyword. So what good is it? I want to know how many leads is it going to bring me? And are they going to be quality leads? Case in point, um, Lithonia, the homes are 
foreclosed and selling for ten to twenty thousand uh, dollars. Johns Creek, average home, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Who is gonna? Who on earth? I have certain zip codes that I target. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to your point, I mean, I mean, this, you don't have to tell your customer this, but if you want to give your customers results, don't waste their time. We drive an hour to two hours to a call that's nowhere near us. But at the end of the day, the plumbers are happy, their families are happy, the office is happy, everyone is happy. No one is sitting at home. And no one is getting frustrated with people who don't pay. And we're not hearing, I have cancer, and I lost my job, and my house isn't worth what it used to be worth, and I'm taking out a loan, and do you finance? Mm -hmm. oh, okay, um, just two questions. Um, do you ever contact your customers using emails? Like after you did some service, you know, like some feedback. How do you get feedback from them? And how do you collect email addresses? Here's my challenge. Um, I operate a business run with mostly all men. My office, the ladies in the office are female. Uh, and I'm married. So I don't want any young ladies in the office. The older ladies are not technology friendly. So I have to choose between my, my household and my office. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I haven't found an elder person that can be technology savvy. These ladies can't download a photo. <laughs> they can't do anything. So we have to go into the office and do all the technology stuff for them. But they're very good at what they do. So that's, unfortunately, that's one of the things that I think uh, technology-wise. Um, I forgot the name of that service that does the emails and does the distribution list and the co constant contact. There were a lot of ideas that sounded great, but unfortunately all they did it was to come out and come out with a PPO and sell the company and run off. A lot of people just start these things and they run off, mm -hmm. but they don't follow through for the average. It really doesn't work well for the average person. Last question. Um, does do um, plumbers and these contracts, do they use smartphones a lot? Do, are they, can they operate smartphones quite well? Uh, Just out of curiosity. Yes. Okay. You know that everybody today has an iPhone or a Droid. Okay. Almost everybody has that. Um, do they use it? They check email, they text, they call, they take pictures. Do they use it to the full capability of potential? Of course not. Okay. They don't know how to... When they send out messages, they send out group messages. They do a lot of clumsy stuff with it, or you know. But uh, and they're inexpensive. Everybody has one today. They they take great pictures, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. So one quick follow up on that one. Where do you store your emails? Are they your customer emails? Um, we have a backup, a Seagate backup disk that backs up every day in the office. And we have our stuff backed up on the cloud. Okay, and then how, how many customer email addresses would you say that you have? We try to capture the email 
address of everybody every customer by telling them okay well we need to send you the a written co in, in addition to the in yeah, addition to everything yeah. so they automatically yeah. give us the stuff and we say oh, we're going to give you the warranty and everything so they volunteer and, and you use those emails in a offensive manner to communicate to those customers specials offers i'm in the neighborhood i'm coming to john's creek you what do you feel like that's an area that you guys can continue to work at to get better at uh yes that's an area that that i would love to improve because i refer you back to the 50 year old ladies in the office mm -hmm. who right they eat there there's i have a lady in the office her son is a geek at georgia tech <laughs> and she didn't doesn't have any of those qualities yeah, okay. <laughs> Got it. thank you so yes so these are there are a lot of there are a lot of areas where you can help every small business like mm -hmm. that there are a lot of things you can do great morgan um kind of piggybacking off that like what are some things that you wish you could do that bigger companies are doing right now a small business owner, you guys wish you could go into that eventually? Not to be uh, arrogant, but there's nothing that I want to do that big companies do. If you tell me what do I want to do that would enhance my business, I'm wide open. I have no interest in replicating anybody else. I don't even pay attention to what they do. My main focus is the customer. I listen to my customers. What makes my customer's life easier Better, how can I better serve them? That's my focus. Anything that will enhance the communication with the customers that you just described, I'm all for. Without annoying them. <laughs> Think about that. Everybody's being bombarded by emails. I don't I don't know how many emails I get a day. I, I they started a social media campaign as the worst thing I ever did in my life. Yesterday was my birthday. I must have I, I never had a Facebook page before. Uh, well, I never paid any attention to it, and Lord of Nazareth, now <laughs> people I haven't heard in 30 years are now finding me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. right. Chelsea? Um, if you could think of everything you do with your business, everything you do overall, and every different aspect of running your business, being a small business owner, what is one thing that you're still not provided that you still need or need help with? I'll probably have to think about that, but as, as I mentioned earlier, um, organization and uh, communication. And by that I mean uh, all, these, all these things, uh, there's, there's something that's as simple as this. I have three terminals in my office. I have a, I have a, a G, I have a, an iMac, I have a... Um, um, a recent Windows and a Windows uh, two widescreen windows on three desks in my office. Two on one desk and one on another. The lady in the office has uh, Windows and everyone has a terminal. But the problem is, years ago I got somebody in the house and they integrated and created a system in the office and we're using technology efficiently and everything else. All that has gone by the wayside because Again, the people I'm surrounded with are um, is an aversion to technology. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think anything that would improve efficiency in the office and make their lives easier, but that I, I'm afraid would involve either either 
somebody coming up and setting up a network, mm -hmm. and then somebody probably remotely looking at the systems and integrating them with scheduling, calendar, that would really be good. I've tried to do that recently, but I, I get in, and by the time I get in, I have to return hunting calls. It's late at night. By the time the phone, I'm, I'm still getting calls at 7, 8 o'clock at night, and then I don't even want to see the phone anymore. Mm -hmm. you know? And the last thing I want to do is sit in front of the computer and do anything else. So the things that I have to do, as we were talking about the SEO, just like you get up and you brush your teeth and you take a shower, I've forced myself to deal with certain issues, but there's more that I could be doing in that regard. The problem is that I can't ignore the field. Mm -hmm. I've got to, if I stay in the office and I don't go out and visit the job site and talk to the customers and listen to them and check on the work and make sure everything is fine, then it's, it's lacking also. Yeah. Well, great. We, um, we're at 1 o'clock now. Yes, that's an after one. So. That's after one. So... You know, how about a round of applause for our Thank you very much. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. That's great. Thank you. Exactly what we're looking for mm -hmm. um, to make sure we could supply for them what they need. 
Okay, so something like a pop-up, depending on what that is. Yeah, because I was because in my head I was like, it's talking about like JavaScript, like you know, and it's that's good. Okay. We're just, we're going to reconvene at 1.15. So if you need to take off and break, we'll catch up. Yeah, and if you...